0: The uh, wise woman built her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. And the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will protect them. Where no oxen are, the, man, the manger is clean, but... Much revenue comes by the strength strength of the ox. A trustworthy witness will not lie, but a false witness utters lies. A stopper seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge is easy (coughs) to one who has understanding. Leave the presence of a fool, or or you will not discern words of knowledge. How much difference does a wife and mom make to a family? Yeah, look at the contrast in verse uh, 1. What's the difference between the wise and the foolish woman? woman? Builds your house or tears your down? That's a pretty big difference, <laughs> don't you think? I understand that the husband is to be the head of the wife and of the family. But the attitude and behavior of the wife and mother is huge in its impact on the family as a whole. For one thing, who spends usually a lot more time with the children? Mom does. And really, wives have a lot of influence also on their husbands. You know, a a, a woman who's really godly and following spiritual principles, will help her family so much. She'll just enrich and bless and build it up. And a woman who's not like that is destructive. She tears down her family. (coughs) You think about that. I I think, the older I've gotten, the more I've observed, women have so much more impact. I see a lot, and I, I didn't used to think about it this way, but I look at men, married men, And so often, I can see the impact of their wives on them, either that has built them up and made them stronger and better, or that's torn them down and made them weaker and less effective and less spiritual. So this is really an important problem. Don't underestimate the impact of a woman on her family. Thoughts? Think about verse 2. He who walks in uprightness fears the Lord. And it's kind of backwards. You know, we're saying that what somebody does is based on their attitude toward God. You know, the one who walks in uprightness, what do you know about him? Well, he's a God-fearing person. That's how you can tell. A God-fearing person, that's how he lives. One who's devious in his ways despises him. So how you live tells what your relationship with God is. It'll have an impact on what you do. Maybe you didn't think about it that way. Maybe you just thought it was kind of random whether you did right or wrong. But really, whether you do right or wrong is all based upon... You're fearing God or despising Him. That's why the fear of the Lord is so critical. And we'll see that again in this chapter. And then look at verse 3. What gets the fool in trouble? Yeah. You know, he will end up hurting himself by what he says. Don't you see that sometimes? You know, he ends up getting himself in trouble by his words. And what about the wise man? His words will protect him. They will make him, you know, do wise things. Comments or questions? I love verse 4, but it's really different. You ever read a proverb like this one? Where no oxen are, the manger is clean. That makes sense, doesn't it? If you didn't have any oxen, then you can keep the manger clean because the oxen don't dirty it up, right? So wouldn't that be a good thing? Just don't have any oxen, and that way you keep everything tidy. <coughs> Do you see a problem with that? You don't have Yeah. Yeah. This was pre tractor so what did the oxen do? yeah, they did the work on the farm they provided the muscle so no oxen, no crops so maybe tidiness needs to be sacrificed a little bit for the possibility of an income isn't that a good lesson? can you see any applications of that? It kind of reminds me of people who play it safe, like when it comes to Christianity. Good point. You know, you've got to really be willing to go through hard things to get any value and profit out of things. You know, you've got to invest time and effort to get the return. Um, what about uh, this? What about a church? What would make a really nice, orderly, you know, everything right church? In it. No members. No members. <laughs> or at least only the good ones. Nobody from a bad background. Nobody who's ever done anything bad wrong. No new converts. No, No little kids. You know, no cranky old people. You know... Etc. You'll only get just the very best people, and we'll just close it off right there. And then nothing bad ever happens. Nobody ever does anything out of line. There's never any. There's never any stress. Everybody's always just right, doing the right things. Is that a good way to do that? excluding the people that have a bad background you're not doing right because if they have been baptized and are calling Christ out if you're excluding them then you're questioning the power of Jesus' blood. you're going to have a really dead church that doesn't have any vigor or vitality when you do that it may be more organized probably not as much stress but no, nothing really accomplished Patrick oh, okay. Okay. so you have to think about that you know, so often, you know, we, we sort of have a museum uh, caretaker attitude instead of a farmer's attitude. The farmer puts up with a mess to get the value. You know, and, and so that's true in just all kinds of areas of life. You know, you might, uh, might give some thought to that. They say there's no milk without some manure. So. <laughs> we productive, it <laughs> will <or> be messy. <laughs> Other thoughts about that one? This one kind of reminds me of, you know, shining our Christian light a lot. Because, like, you can, I don't know, you can be around Christians constantly and you can be doing the right thing or things that are right, but it's not necessarily the right thing. You're not accomplishing anything out of it. You're not shining. You're not where you need to be. So it may seem like it's all great, and you're going to be doing everything that you need to be, but you need to go to the mess, because the mess is where you're going to accomplish it. There's things more important than organization. Yeah, John. It says in the verse that... uh if you don't have any oxen then your manger's gonna be clean, but really what's the point of having a manger with you know oxen? <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go build this this barn so I can get it for my animals, but I'm not gonna get the animals. So that doesn't really fulfill much. Good point. It's yeah, right. Kind of like a really nice car that you know you only drive every once in a while, so it stays new. Ah, yeah, good point. I never understood that. You, know, you get a really nice car, but you never drive it because you don't want to get it dirty. Yeah, maybe you all understand the logic of that. Yeah. So, what's the use of a really nice church that can't ever help anybody because you don't want to mess it up? All right, look at look at five. Ah. You know, what is the difference between witnesses? You've got a trustworthy witness. (coughs) He won't lie. Do you know people like that? That absolutely will not lie? You can trust every word they say. I bet you don't know many people like that. (laughs) But there are some people, they are absolutely committed to honesty. And, and whatever they say, you can put it in the back. I've told this story probably before. And I, I should have pulled it and, and read it. But there's this story, real life story, about, I think they were like seven, eight year olds, eight, nine year olds, something like that, playing baseball. And, and, and one day, the umpire, there was a like, guy running from second to third, and, and, and the, the little kid had the, the ball in his glove, and, and you know, <coughs> More or less looked like he tagged the base runner, but the umpire didn't have a really good vision. Called the base runner out. The boy who tagged him went to the umpire and said, I didn't touch him. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Probably wouldn't have an older kid do that. So, so the umpire reversed his decision and called the person safe. A couple weeks later, same umpire, same team played a different team. And a similar play and he called the base runner safe. And then he looked at the boy who had gone for the tag. The boy just kind of dropped his head but didn't say anything. The umpire went to the boy and asked him if he tagged him. He said yes. They called him out. <laughs> said the opposing coach was quite upset about it until he explained the story. You know, wouldn't it be great if we were absolutely so honest that, that we just, people knew you can trust what this person says. They are trustworthy. That's what you want. On the other hand, a false witness, my translation in the, in the text says, utters lies, but in the margin, breathes out lies. And I think that's the idea. You know, lies pour out of his mouth, like breath. <laughs> He just lives it. Every time time he exhales, it's lies. Don't you know people like that? Maybe you've been like that. Maybe you are. Where they lie when it'd be easier to tell the truth. Because lying is just their principle. It's just what they say. It's what they do. A false witness will just breathe out lies. So you can tell a lot by just the character of the person as far as the reliability of what they say. Comments about it? Think about six. Why can't a scoffer ever find wisdom when he's seeking it? He doesn't recognize it when he finds it. He can't recognize it and... listen to